Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, it is that time once again to hit the books alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joey Kanish. I am merely Brad Powers. We've got producer extraordinaire Zach Filtz behind the scenes, bringing up the odd screens for us as we make some bets. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking the Big 12, or is it the Big 14, or, or is it 13 teams or 12 teams? I can't keep track of who's in and out of this conference. But with that being said, there are four new teams to the league this year. We'll probably have a varying opinions because this is a league outside of maybe Texas. And there's not a lot of separation between the bottom 10, 12 teams as far as an overall power rating. So looking forward to talking with you, Kanish. But before we do dive into it, let me remind everybody that uh, Hit the Books is brought to you by BetStamp. The easiest way to improve as a sports better is to use multiple sports books and always get the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like BetStamp. BetStamp compares odds across every sports book for games, futures, and player props. Save time and money by checking BetStamp before you bet. Download the app today. If you're looking to sign up for a new sportsbook account, please check out the offers available at betstamp.app slash hit the books or hit the link in the description. If you sign up through the page, it helps support grow the show. Kanish, Big 12. Big 12, Let's baby. Dive into this here uh, because it's the final year. We're going to have Texas and Oklahoma, the flag bearers of the conference now to, to varying degrees. Texas more in name than results, but Oklahoma's dominating this conference for the better part of two decades. And we'll start with Texas and Oklahoma because I think most people are going to have them atop the overall power ratings of the conference. We'll start with Texas, you know, a classic underachieving team uh, last decade plus. I mean, we're still waiting for them to be back. I'm here to tell you, Kanish, this might be the year that they are back. Uh. we'll see i hope they are the bankroll will take a hit if they're not because i have bet texas over their win total over nine and a half i bet them to win this conference uh i i've you know bet them in in individual game of the year markets i have a lot riding on this texas team i like this texas team i think quinn yours takes him he has to take a step forward this year otherwise he's going to be brian the pine with arch manning and, and malik murphy backing him up I think the defense made some strides last year, and I think they'll continue to do so. You know, Bijan Robinson's gone, but I still like the talent that they have there at running back. And I think the receiver position, you throw in the tight ends, uh, it's one of the better group of receivers in the entire country. Then you look at the schedule. I mean, look, at least on paper, as we're recording this in late July, they're significantly better than everybody else in the conference, including Oklahoma. So what's your thoughts? Are you in agreement or are you a little cautious with, with what this program has been the last decade? I mean, it's twofold, right? I think, number one, uh, as you are mentioned, like Big 12 top to bottom uh, is just, uh, you know, the most equitable power five. You know, there's no Ohio State versus Rutgers. There's no Alabama Vandy, you know? I mean, even, uh, the you know, the, the conferences in the, you know, the the teams in the bottom tier can still come up, uh, and I think you're going to see a ton of great games. It's, it's funny for our league that, you know, is struggling to, uh, you know, get a TV deal, stay together or any of that, uh, even with the adders that... I think it's the most competitive conference, no doubt, uh, of all the Power Five. But, and I'm with, 
I uh, I mean, hashtag Texas is back is the, you know, the troll, the cliche troll for the last decade or so here. But I agree, like, they're so loaded. If you buy into all of the offseason Quinn Ears hype, uh, which, I mean, you know, I mean, you look in the spring game, you hear all the practice reports, you shave the head, you know, he's, he's, yeah. he's finally seems to have bought it. That, that seemed to be their number one downfall last year was his play in the second half of the season, yeah. whether he was hurt, whether yep. he just seemed to be like, you know, he you know, dropped, looked like Bet, Brett Favre dropping on his back foot, throwing crap up. Um, <laughs> it did seem like, you know, they the, the team and that kind of had this, you know, fall off second half. But, man, uh, from a talent standpoint, absolutely loaded. The only cautionary thing is obviously, you know, we've, we've talked about them early on about that number versus Bama and thinking they're live in that game and thinking if they win that game, you, you, you know, we've, we've put some Quinn Heisman tickets in 20, 25 to one. Yeah. If they win that Bama game, he's going to be like three to one. So, I mean, it's it all, the hype train is going to be out of control if they win that game. Not easy, obviously in Tuscaloosa, but I, I think they're on par with that Bama team that, the issue I would have is like there, as we we're saying, like there's no Northwestern, there's no Rutgers, no Van. I mean, you're going Kansas, Oklahoma, at Houston, BYU, Kansas State, TCU. I, like, you just, you know, it's tough to go through six, seven, eight weeks in a row having to be up when you're not getting anybody, you know, any of these like absolute scrubs that some of the other power fives have at the bottom. So, again. Think they think they're all primed and ready to go. Uh, cannot wait for that that game in Tuscaloosa to see if uh, they're the real deal. Um, but I, and I think from Sark's perspective, from long term, like does he got to win ten games this year? Does he got? I mean, eight and four. I don't know if he's coming back. Because <laughs> let me tell you, with the money they're pumping into this program, they're they're not pumping it in to be eight and four. Do we want any exposure on this show on Texas? Because, you know, I obviously have a ton. You mentioned the Ewers. I even threw a little flyer on Texas to win the title. Are we doing anything here? Are we going over nine and a half wins? Or are we betting a conference future on this Texas team? I mean, this is a cop-out, but I think, you know, if you're a loyal watcher and listener of the show, you should already have some of the exposure we've recommended yeah. at much better prices than what's available now. I don't love, I mean, there's some, like, plus 105 or 115, 120 yeah. to win the conference doesn't really strike me. Um, and and I'm not, yeah, like, I'm not, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to invest in 105 to win. I mean, if yeah, I'll, I'll leave it to you on that one. To me, that's, uh, I just think the conference is... It's so tough that, that you know, of the wrong loss here or there, uh, they should win it. But, again, 105 doesn't, you know, want me make me want to run to the window. Um, and I think that, you know, the nine and a halfs are, are pretty juiced out there now. Yeah. Uh, with a game at Alabama where, you know, the margin of error, if you don't get that one, is significantly lower. Fair enough. That is Joey Kanish. Let's talk uh, – <clears throat> Uh, you know what? I'll own that one. Okay. Producer extraordinaire Zach Phillips, because I would have made that bet. If that's the first time I saw a Texas win total and saw a minus 113, that's at a Canby book uh, over nine and a half wins. I'll own it. I'll take Texas over nine and a half. I made that bet. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I mean, they could lose to Alabama, lose another game. I mean, they don't have a – Sark doesn't have a great track record and neither does Texas, but my goodness, I just think if, if yours stays healthy – I don't know. I mean, they're just, they are better than, than everybody else, including this next team we're going to talk about, Oklahoma, uh, who had, I mean, no, no sugarcoating it, had a disastrous first year uh, under Venables. Uh, I mean, when you have a losing record for the first time in nearly a quarter century, uh, <laughs> there's no other way to put it. Now, on the positive side, you expect him to be improved this year. He did it, have, he brings in a great transfer and recruiting class. 
Uh, you know, they were close. I mean, they lost five games by one possession a year ago. You flip, you flip on the bowl game and watch it. You're like, you're watching them against a good Florida State program. Oklahoma's got several starters out, and you're like, holy hell, how is this team six and six when you saw all the talent level? They're playing with backup left tackle, right tackle, uh, to a pair of freshman running backs. So all those guys that were playing in the bowl game are playing uh, this upcoming season. I think the schedule is very manageable, including the non-conference, where there'll be significant favorites in all three games. SMU game might be a little tricky. And then you get the conference play. Yeah, I don't think there's a ton of slam dunks. Obviously, there'll be an underdog. Uh, against Texas, but I mean, I have them favored in 11 of their 12 games condition. You know, I did, it's no longer available. Over eight and a half is in pocket for me. I've even seen some people recommend over nine and a half. I'm not there yet. I don't trust Venables to recommend over nine and a half, but I, I do think this is an improved program. Well, what say you? Yeah, no, totally. I'm, I think we're in lockstep here. You, you know, you bring a decent amount back, you bring in some good transfer party, you had horrible variants last year. Some of that might be, you know, First-time head coach, uh, you know, trying to run the ship there. Hopefully some of that will be, uh, you know, ironed out here. Um, and as you said, like, from a – even though we just talked about how, you know, top to bottom the the conference is pretty st- – they got about as good of a draw as you could ask for uh, in terms of, you know, who they have. Uh, UCF's coming to them. Uh, TCU's coming to them. Obviously the Texas, you know, the Red River in there. Uh, but – I mean, it's very manageable. The non-con significantly manageable. Shouldn't have any problems with that. Um, I agree with you on the the early eight and a half. I mean, some of the uh, the numbers early were light. Um, and they've got you know every, all of the teams, you know, all of the newbies uh, that you know kind of that are coming in. Some of the team, I think Oklahoma State's way down. They've got West Virginia at the bottom. They yeah. kind of escaped, um, you know, having to play some of the teams. You know, the Texas, Texas, Kansas State that are in the upper tier of the Big 12 and basically got everybody in the bottom tier plus a manageable non-con. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're live here. I mean, the question is, you know, if they if they lose to Texas, what's their margin of error for the rest of the season to be able to get to a Big 12 title game? Uh, you know, that could be tougher. But from a win total perspective, I'm with you. I think the team will be uh, better. I think they, you know, should, second year uh, should be have a nice with talent boom. Probably a little bit better bounces. Uh, a team that I would buy. I just don't think, you know, what we're talking about here. You know, the the way to play him was the, you know, as you said, the over eight and a half early. Maybe a, you know an over nine there. I'm not as rich on nine and a half, but do I think, you know, do I want to play three to one Big Twelve? No. Do I think they're, you know, a team that can really make a run at like a national title playoff run? No. Uh, none of the Heisman stuff for me. So. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the markets kind of, you know, p- pounded them into shape in terms of where they should be. Pounded a lot of teams in the shape at this point. That's what happens when you open these markets up in May, and we've seen about three months of betting into some of these. Uh, let's talk about a team that made that surprise run last year, the defending, uh, you know, the, the team that uh, I don't want to bring it up, but somehow found a way to beat Michigan in a Fiesta Bowl and make a national championship <laughs> yeah. game, uh, the TCU Horn Frogs, uh, who – Obviously lose a lot, to say the least, starting with Max Duggan. Uh, but I still think there's some talent left. And, I, I mean, obviously people forget that Max Duggan wasn't even supposed to be the starter. I think that ended up being a blessing in disguise uh, when Chandler Morris got hurt in the Colorado game. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, he gives them a, as far as a leadership aspect that Duggan did. But uh, they do lose a lot, but they bring in several Alabama transfers. Uh, you know, they, they still got you know some of their key linebackers on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I like the Bryles higher after losing Garrett Riley. I still think they'll have a high-powered offense. Schedule-wise, uh, I mean, it's tough with the Big 12 because so many teams are, are tightly together. But I, 
I like the early part of the schedule, Colorado, mm-hmm. Nickel State at Houston, SMU, West Virginia at Iowa State, BYU. I mean, it doesn't take too much of an imagination to say that this team's capable of going 6-1, and one, maybe even 7-0 and oh to start. So uh, I did – I thought 8.5 was way too high to open, but, you know, not, not that I'm trying to, you know, go for a middle here, but the current 7.5, I would actually lean over. I, I'm think, I, I think it's an 8-4 and four team. No, I'm with you. Um, I mean, listen, did they have the ultimate lightning? This is a, people are going to say, oh, it's sour grapes from, you know, Joe, Joey Harbaugh over here. But, I mean, did they have, like, the luck box miracle season of all time yeah. last year? Yes. I, you know, was, it, was that a national title team? No. And I think you saw that when you lost by 80 points to Georgia, you know, when it finally came all Cape crashing down there. But, hey, listen, you win the game. That's, that's the magic of college football. You win the game on the schedule. You should get paid off for that. So, uh, you know, give give them credit for, you know, you know, keeping it together and having that run. But in terms of, you know, you know the year follow, I, I mean, also, you mentioned it, like, but it, it took, they started the wrong guy uh, to yeah. start the season. And it took him getting hurt to them actually to go to Duggan for them to have that season. Or they probably would have dropped a few games with that bum Chandler Morris. I'm not a Morris guy. I think that, you know, too much talent walked out the door. I, I, I agree. I think the coordinator back, Phil Browns, is a good idea. Um, but between the talent drain and some of the coaching drain and some of the, you know, just... I think they, you know, so it's how, it's how it all evens out. But that's what you say in the gambling world. It all evens out when you get some bad breaks. They had every break you could possibly imagine last year. I think, uh, you know, there's some come-to-earth aspect. Um, but the first half of the season is an absolute cakewalk. So, yeah, they yeah. should be. You know, as long as they keep it together, you should be, you know, challenging for, you know, an 8-4. and four t- And I think 8-4 and four is a good season for this team. So, yeah, at, at you know, a lightly juiced 7.5, I'd probably lean on the over. Uh, but it's not something I've, you know, invested in either way. I just think they're, you know, a you know a middle tier, upper tier, you know, eight uh, eight win, eight seven eight win ish team that you've uh, you've said. Another one, you know, Mario cliche markets pounded into shape that I think is about where they should be. Um, but you know, not a not a ceiling team to be. Last year's magic will not be repeated. Yeah, I, I, full agreement. Uh, luck factor, uh, like you mentioned, probably goes the other way this year. Uh, let's talk about the defending Big 12 champs. I almost said this about TCU, but I, I almost forgot that Kansas State was the team that beat TCU in the Big 12 championship game a year ago before succumbing to the Crimson Tide in, in the Sugar Bowl. But Kansas State comes in, uh, also like TCU, loses a, a lot of you know players, most notably. And Duswan isn't walking through that door, um, even though it was a small door. Uh, but uh, yeah, I looking at Kansas State. I, I guess it's a program that I think has a high floor, maybe not necessarily a high ceiling. I think they take a step back, but Will Howard, I think, will be okay at, at quarterback. And all five starters back on the offensive line. They lose some pass rush studs on the defense side of the ball. As long as they can find someone that can, you know, run the football a little bit, and they do welcome that Florida State transfer, Trayshawn Ward, that I think will be all right. I don't think they fall too far back. I think, like TCU, this is kind of an eight and four type of team. Uh, I've seen some disparity. I took some over seven and a half. Uh, I saw some people play back that I really respect. Uh, Tailgate, I think, had under eight and a half. Again, I I think the truth is probably right in the middle, eight and four team. What say you? Yeah, no, I mean, listen, now, granted, uh, as we were just talking, you know, the difference here is, uh, you know, when you've got Troy and at Missouri, uh, I mean, to start, you know, start it off here, that that could be a little bit more problematic. And 
They've got some tougher guys. I mean, they got to go to Texas Tech. They got to go to Texas. Uh, so they didn't get, uh, you know, some of the uh, the, the nice blessings, uh, you know, from the scheduled gods here that that some of the other programs might get. I, I will say though, it's a style of ball that I think just really is effective in this conference that a lot of teams don't play, uh, that's really difficult to match up against, that they're able to pound some of these, you know, mediocre defenses uh, and defense that are, you know, the three three fives and that that are used to playing some of these spread passing attacks there that they kind of play their own brand, that North Dakota State brand that they brought in uh, – a football yeah. that's difficult to play against when they're bringing back the you know the starters on the offensive line and they just want to absolutely pound the rock at you and play defense. Um, I don't know how they. I mean, even under Bill Snyder, is a team that like consistently for like 15 years in a row has outperformed their talent level. They don't recruit well. They you know they they somehow are able like you know pluck kids FCS JUCO and that uh, and put rosters together and it's and it's still working. Um, but I will say, I, I agree. Some of the, you know, the truth, you know, lies in the middle here. Is it a team that I want to, you know, thinks they're just? I mean, this is this is TCU all over again, right? Is it a team that I want to, uh, you know, play? At? I mean, there's you know five to one, six to one out there. I, I am not a buyer uh, on any of these Big Twelve futures. I, th- I think that. Yeah. I, I mean, to me, I don't want to like. I think that's one of the worst Power Five bets you can make at the price them to to win the Big Twelve this year at some of the prices that are out there, just because they won it last year. Um, the win total, uh, right again, right pounded into shape to me. But it, it's a team that I don't think the ceiling with the schedule and some of the losses this year is is what it is, what could could be for what it was for them last year. Um, so yeah, they're. They're just basically, uh, you know, uh, an observe for me in a week-to-week team because um, I, I just I don't see any scenario where where they're repeating as Big Twelve champs. Agree. Uh, let, let's see if we can find some. I mean, because we're me- meandering a little bit as far as and again, I think the market's beating a lot of this in the shape, and it's a tough conference because I think it's really going to come down. There's going to be a bunch of close games for almost every team. Uh, I'm anxious to see though your thoughts on this next team, Texas Tech, because if you're a loyal listener to hit the books. I think one of my first conference bets that we made was on this team, 20 to 1, to to win the Big 12. I think if you're looking for a program that can maybe make that surprise Big 12 championship game appearance, I think it is Texas Tech. Uh, Now, was it one of my favorite conference future bets that I made? No. But, I mean, I see see the ability here to to, uh, at least contend with the big boys in the conference. Number one, I really like the head coach and the coaching staff. Uh, Joey McGuire understands Texas. Uh, has done a good job of recruiting. Uh, we'll see if Tyler Shuck at quarterback can stay healthy. Uh, but he, he looks like he'll be the guy. If he's not, then they got a guy behind him that has experience in Baron Morton. Uh, one thing that I watched in the spring game uh, that I took away, you think, oh, they lose a first-round top five overall pick. They're going to struggle with the pass rush, losing a guy like Wilson. I actually think that they're going to be just fine on that. I, I trust Tim DeRuiter as far as the 3-4 guy. Keep in mind, I mean, he was at Texas A&M. When, when they had all their pass rushers, uh, you know, like Von Miller and all them guys that came out of there. Uh, but I, there's a couple of guys they have on the defensive front that I think can generate pressure. It's a big team on both sides of the ball as far as the line of scrimmage. And I don't know. I mean, this is a conference, like we said, that's kind of wide open. I don't think you know, like the Oklahomas, the TCUs, the Kansas States of the world are that much better than this Texas Tech team. So I bet a little over seven wins. Obviously, that's taken away, and again, I bet a little over 20 to 1. Uh, are you with me on this program? I think it's a program to watch in the future. 
I agree. They, this is not, uh, you know, your older brother's Texas Tech here where they were, you know, the, you know, basically, uh, you know, the Mike Leach Texas Tech and the, yeah. the Cliff Kingsbury Texas Tech that, you know, they loved to run it up on the scoreboard. But, you know, they were going six and six every year, giving up 80 points, a, you know, a week here. Um, I agree with you. They have done a sneaky good job of cultivating talent uh, and identifying defensive talent and, and really, you know, making themselves more of a force uh, and not just being this, you know, finesse program and that they've, they've definitely like gone under this, uh, you know, transformation to change the identity uh, and be think, you know, a team that can actually compete for, for big 12 championships and that, uh, if, if it was, I, I think they're kind of a victim of just being in an extremely deep league this year. I'd like this team, you know, even better if they, uh, you know, could kind of get to a, a conference that didn't have the depth of it. But I agree with that. I don't think there's any separation between, I think they're you know, even better than, you know, a few of these middle tier teams. I think you can make the case for me that I don't, I don't know if they're going you know, Kansas State is a team that, you know, being priced at, uh, you know, five to one uh, when I'm not sure that, that they're better than Texas Tech uh, whatsoever, yeah, you know. So, um, yeah, you know, again, shop it's one you got to shop around. Don't mind a little sprinkle. There's a couple of these teams in the, you know, the lower tier that uh, I think we'll get to here. That, and this would be the first one that, uh, you know, price-wise, probably if they hit their ceiling, uh, I think it'd be right up there with a chance at a Big 12 title game. Yeah, I do. When I mentioned how big they were, I just want to put a stat to this because I went through their roster. They have 22 guys that are 300 plus pounds. Put that, you know, Georgia's a really big team. Georgia has 23, Texas Tech 22. Massive team, especially for the compared to the rest of the Big 12. Uh, the two guys on the outside, Miles Cole, Steve Linton. Keep an eye on those two guys. I think we'll get a good barometer, Kanish. Week two, Oregon, uh, Texas Tech hosting them. Uh, 12 to 1 as far as conference futures, no, I'd like 15 to 1. Uh, if you want pizza money on 12 to 1 to win the conference, I'm not going to stop you there. It's over 7.5 plus 118. Uh, no, I think there's other bets to be made here as far as the, the, the Big 12 goes, as far as, uh, you know, now there's some other folks out there. I know you like that week one at Larmy. There's some other folks in the industry that, you know, might, they might, love like Wyoming. To, might like to trip back and forth that, that like Wyoming a lot. And that's one that's going back and forth here. I'm kind of, I'm not a, I'm not a Wyoming guy. I kind of like Texas Tech to go in there uh, and get yeah. it done there. But, um, you know, that's one that I know there's very yeah, different opinions on this game week one. Yeah, there is. I don't get it because, I mean, Wyoming's not that program. I get it. It's a tough – you got look ahead to Oregon. And if you're like – if you asked me 10 years ago my handicap uh, on it, yeah, I'd probably be on Wyoming. But, man, the Jimmys and Joes are so different, even between a program like Texas Tech and Wyoming. Look when Wyoming's had to step up in class like the last nine or ten games against Power 5 competition, average losses by like four touchdowns. So I, I just think Texas Tech is far superior to Wyoming. Wyoming's got a ton of returning experience, but the, the, they don't have – the experience level doesn't matter for a program like Wyoming. They're just – I mean, I, I don't know. They don't have a, a lot of, like, uh, high-twitch athletes, if that makes any sense. Not a lot of wiggle on that team. I, I don't think they match up well. Or a quarterback that can complete passes. I know. So, and, well, <laughs> that would be sure. my biggest issue with them is, like, how are you going to keep up with any type of, uh, you know, potent offense that uh, the Mountain West is a little bit uh, of a different challenge. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I played some 13 and some 13 and a half out there. Uh, yeah, I, I think under 14 uh, – is a uh, is a decent look for week one there. Uh, so that's a good promo opportunity 
Kanish and I will be back on a weekly basis starting August the 7th as far as hit the books. That Monday, August the 7th. That game right there might be one of the first bets we give out because we're going to start really diving in to these week zero and week one games. Keep an eye on that one. Uh, and, and here's another, you know, a lot of people told me the same thing last year about Wyoming. They're playing all Illinois. You can't lay double digits to Illinois, and Illinois just fucking smashed that team. So I, I don't get it. That might be a little teaser. You might want to jump out in front of it because I, I got a sneaky suspicion it closes 14. Just letting you know. All right, I'll do my damnness to make sure it does. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's talk a few other teams here uh, before uh, we, we wrap it up. Uh, a couple of intriguing teams to me. Baylor, what to make of them? I mean, you're talking about a, a team that won the conference two years ago. They have a losing record last year. They get embarrassed by Air Force in, in a bowl game. Dave Aranda, I think, is a good coach. Uh, I, I certainly think he's good on the defense side of the ball, but the defense was kind of a big disappointment. And then you look at this year's team, they lose a ton at the line of scrimmage that was kind of their meat and potatoes the last couple of years. And I got to tell you, Kanish, I'm not a big fan of the quarterback, Blake Shapin. I, I don't think he has a lot of upside as far as ability. So this is a, a team, believe it or not. I mean, if I don't like your quarterback in this league that's going to have a bunch of close games, I mean, I'm going to be a seller. So, I mean, it wasn't my favorite season win total bet, but I took a little under seven and a half. Let's see you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not. I did back them, uh, you know, a little bit. Of, I know we've talked about it on the show like a, a week one. That's more of a Texas State fade, though. But no, yeah. I mean, they've got Utah on the non-con, and they, they like I said, they've got uh, you know most of the big boys. I think they miss Oklahoma, but the Texas, the Texas Tech, the Kansas State, the TCU. So the the internal schedule uh, at UCF too. The internal schedule did them no favor. And as you're saying, it's you know. It, it was a year under Randa that really kind of raised some red flags in terms yeah. of what it, you know what it could look like going forward because they didn't uh, you know they didn't bring in a ton of value they lost some of that uh, you know experience they had so I I mean I and like it's that under seven and a half way juice now there uh, that's another yeah. one that's bounded in but um, I think that was a, it's it's one of the teams where you know now with the league depth and some of the other teams that we've talked are you know trending upwards or, or at least you know kind of on this level Baylor's one that from the outside you know looking in uh they would be one of those that seem to be kind of falling back a bit so uh maybe you know the year two they can kind of change the direction but I don't love uh you know the the current navigation uh of where they're heading uh and it's a program that kind of punched above its weight you know for for some years that yeah. um, it's, you know, maybe a little bit of a, a tougher place here to that's kind of falling back water, finding its level. So I'm not laying minus 188 on the under, no, but I mean, that's one that uh, I would, ex- I, I think seven and five, six and six is kind of the, the realm for this team. Let's talk another team that there's some disparity in the market. Uh, and you alerted me to this. So let me give the old, uh, you know, inside inf- information. We used to call it the inside information play of the week in my Phil Steele days. <laughs> we didn't have inside information. It was just marketing ploy. But Surprise uh, teams, baby. Yeah. Uh, Iowa State. I was a big buyer early on in the process as far as over five, over five and a half because not that I'm a big Matt Campbell fan, but – uh, you talked about the luck factor being in TCU's and Kansas State's favor last year. It was not in Iowa State's favor. I mean, chalk it up to a really poor offense the last couple of years. They have not fared well in close games each of the last couple of years. They've been a disappointment the last couple of years. But, man, when you play defense like they do, you're in every game. And uh, I thought that this was a 6-6 six and six caliber team. Now there's a lot of rumors that at least came out uh, in May there 
about who's going to be gone with the gambling scandal and with both Iowa and Iowa State. And uh, there, there's some significant rumors that the quarterback for Iowa State is going to be involved. So play a little under six after that news. I thank you, Kanish. You alerted me to that. Yeah, I mean, that's what, like, we keep waiting for, uh, I mean, the rumors are, you know, between kind of, and, and a number of people in the industry have, have heard, so it's not just like we're, you know, you know, making up out of thin air here. Yeah. Um, a number of plugged in people are kind of hearing the same thing where it could, but I mean, we're getting so, like, yeah, you know, we're not that we're a month out? away here, so if they're going to announce these, you know, sanctions here, um, I, I would expect it, uh, if it's going to come down, to come down, and then... I don't know why. I mean, they, it's one of those where if if they actually lose their quarterback, I mean, I've heard a number of off alignment involved. You could, upwards of you know thirty, you know, but the list of thirty guys. How long are the suspensions going to be for? Because this is a team that you know they jump right into it. They got Northern Iowa, who's not a pushover. Uh, then they got Iowa coming in. They got Ohio. I, I mean, they really don't have a, you know a game on the schedule where it's like oh boom, you know, win type of deal. So. Um, yeah, it, it could, especially if it gets late. I don't know what they're, I don't know. This is one that obviously, you know, we, we talked about it. We, you know, we played some six under. Uh, it would be a, if the information, you know, really starts going public and uh, these guys are going to miss the season, they're, you know, it's a, it's a season that just could be kind of a lost year for them. Uh, where, where they're, Does Matt you know, Campbell survive it if they go two and 10, three and that's nine? The other, that's, that's the other thing. I mean, I mean, the camp, it's a guy, he probably should have took the, the you know, the 15 jobs that were out there for him for yeah. a while. So, yeah, I, I would still, you know, uh, I know some people have played that, that Iowa game of the year versus them versus, versus Iowa State. Uh, you know, there's been some under. It's one of those I would kind of wait to, to see the yeah. information now at five and a half. Uh, and if it's leaking, just just run out there and, and find it and blast it if you can. We talk about the four newbies quickly. Uh, I think we'll probably be in agreement for the most part here, but I think I might surprise you and see if you agree with a couple of the win totals that I'm going to recommend. Uh, UCF, BYU, Cincinnati, and Houston all come into the league. I think UCF out of the four has the highest upside, not only from you know a, a talent perspective, but you know I, I think the, even though they're coming from the American, I just think you know you, you look at the talent, you look at the speed. You look at it. I, look, I don't like Gus Malls on that much, but I don't think he'll be out of his realm coaching. I mean, after he did an admirable job at, at Auburn, don't believe me. Look what Auburn's become after he left a couple of years ago. Uh, so I, I think they're fine. Uh, the, as far as an adjustment, I bet over six and a half. I'm pretty confident in that one. I think it's a, a minimum a seven win team there for UCF. If we can still find over six and a half, I'm cool with that. It might be juiced out though at this point. Uh, I originally thought Cincinnati and Houston's win totals were too low at four and a half. I originally played over four and a half Houston and Cincinnati. I'm here to tell you if you can find Cincinnati, I think FanDuel might have it. Uh, I'm, I'm now a seller uh, of what, everything that I've read. They've had some guys uh, coaching that, you know, they, they, they replaced the entire staff, obviously, with Satterfield. Some guys have left after he'd already hired them. They had, they're one of the least experienced teams in the country. Uh, I'm not like what I'm reading as far as Cincinnati. And then I plug in their, their updated power rating. And they're, you talk about not having uh, too many winnable games. I mean, outside of week one, I mean, you can make a case that this team could be an underdog in maybe 10, 10 of their 12 games. So uh, I am I am advocating under five and a half wins for Cincinnati. What say you? Yeah, I'm with uh, – I mean, to give you two, I, I like – 
both of those. Uh, the UCF over was uh, probably, you know, the early number was probably my favorite win total of the conference so far. I know the six and a half is pretty juice now, but uh, I mean, they've got two free wins in the non-con plus a Boise State team that I'm not a huge fan of. Um, and I love, I mean, I, I love, you know, it's a team that is one of the most difficult places to play. I think that, you know, the bounce house and the home field yeah, advantage they point. get, they, they don't play Texas. Um, and you've got a number of teams. I mean, they got Houston coming to them. they got West Virginia coming to them. They've got Oklahoma State coming to them. Uh, all teams that I'm a seller on. So I think this, this is a team even that I played uh, a sprinkle, a little pizza money, as uh, Mr. Powers would call it, on them to win the Big 12 at, I think it was 6-1, maybe 50-1. to one. Um, There you go. I think at anything 40 or better, they're worth a little bit of a sprinkle. You know, schedule sets up okay. As you said, highest ceiling team of the newbies by far. Uh, that, 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 you know, that Central South Florida talent there. A uh, ton of speed on the roster. Um, and so I, I like their sport. You know, the system they run, tough team to play. I think the schedule sets up all right. So, yeah, I like uh, the over 6.5. What is it? It's minus 160 is... A little tough to stomach there, um, but I do think this is a you know a team that's that's going to win seven with the potential to to win you know a nine if if, if things break right and they're a good team. Uh, Let, so yeah, let's have some fun and, and do instead of you know like a smaller quarter unit or whatever on forty or fifty to one if we can find to win the conference. I just think that's, yeah, that's, I'm with you there. Fun. And then you know, the Cincinnati they made the conference well. title game. Uh, so let's do that, Zach. As far as UCF instead of laying the one sixty. And again, we will go down with Cincinnati under five and a half wins. Just don't see this team getting to bowl eligibility in year one. What do we make of BYU? I'm a seller. Uh, I've been under six. Uh, I've seen as low as four and a half now. Uh, again, I, I mean, just to put in perspective why I'm meandering a lot of this, out of the 14 teams, I have 12 of them uh, projected between like five and eight wins. So it's really going to come down to quarterback play, how you do in close games. And, boy, Dana got quarterback question marks. Surprised Donovan Smith, the Texas Tech transfer. And Dana Holgerson's not one of my favorite guys as far as game and clock management. <laughs> Goes to win a bunch of close games against upgraded competition. So what, what's your thoughts on Houston and, and BYU? I, I remember, like, uh, us last year, like, to just had so many angry Holgo tweets of, like, or I'm, like, yeah. I, like I needed, like, therapeutically to, like, just re-Twitter and see people trashing Holgerson because at a game I would bet him and, like, they're t you know, he's doing something. So he's, like, hey, uh, everybody's getting a personal foul. He's a lunatic on the sideline. He's just, you know, like, so he's one of my least favorite, uh, you know, uh, the coaches in the, in the entire sport, uh, especially backing his frustrations. Oh, yeah. Um so I'm with you. I think this is a little bit. I know Houston's tried to put some money into the program, and they're in decent spots to recruit all that. But yeah, no, I'm. I think this is, you know, it, it definitely the the bottom of the Big Twelve, um, and a team that is probably biting off a little bit more they can chew. And if things go poor, two two takes for the year, baby. And one of them might be that I think either one of Mike Gundy or Dana Olgerson or both are fired after this year. Uh, there you go. I'm a big seller on both, and I think the the Gundy era is uh, – I, I know we didn't get – you know, a lot of the Oklahoma State stuff, again, we don't want to go over the stale two numbers. Or that was one of the bigger plays to start with. A under Oklahoma seven, State. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 on, on under seven. Um, I'd even – that's one out there. I think there's some light juice on six and a half. I am a – that's probably one of the market disagreements I would have is uh, – I think Oklahoma State could be potentially like bad, bad. Uh, I mean, Alex Bowman was a guy who yeah. at Michigan was like that. It was like fourth string. It was like that got yeah. the guy who would like come in there. They, they were letting like the walk-ons come in before him. I thought he was going to retire, and now he's going to Oklahoma State and he's starting quarterback. So that's a program that I think is 100% wrong direction. And uh, Mike Gundy, if the year goes bad enough, might be uh, looking for a job here. 
Uh, I agree. Under seven, Oklahoma State was one of my favorite bets. If we can still find Zach six and a half. Decent juice on that one. We can go with that one. I'm yeah, definitely I'm in. in agreement there uh, on Oklahoma State. Seller there. Uh, Kansas, we haven't mentioned them, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, uh, the, the Jayhawks obviously ascended, but lost a lot of steam at the end of last season. As good as the start was, you know, they, they were competitive down the stretch, but they lost a bunch of games down the stretch. A lot of return production. I think we all like Lance Leopold. We all like the quarterback. Yeah. But I don't. I think people aren't overlooking Kansas now this year. And it's a tough schedule. And I, I, I think it's kind of a six and six type team. So I, I, I took under six and a half on Kansas. What say you? I, they remind me, we talked about like what, what old school Texas Tech used to be. And they kind of seem to be that run. Like they'll be very fun offensively. Uh, they'll probably be bad defensively. Be a team you like to watch. You know, you, you, you want to be able to, you know, the primetime television, they're, they're playing you know, 45, 42 games. Everybody, they're kind of everybody's, uh, you know, they were so bad for so long that, you know, they pulled the hearts. I like nice to see KU back. Um, but. I agree with you. I mean, they're probably a six-win team. Like, there's really, I don't, you know, I don't think there's much to do in terms of, uh, you know, their their market or anything like that. So, yeah, I'm I'm not a, you know, not a buyer, not a seller. I think they'll be a fun team to watch, uh, but probably a team that's, you know, five, six, seven wins in there uh, without much really variation from that. Kanish, we have Oklahoma State under six and a half wins. We have Cincinnati under five and a half wins. I took Texas over nine and a half wins. I think we took some UCF. To win the conference, forty to one or greater, if it's available. Uh, anything else? What am I missing? No, I like that. Uh, I think we're good to go here, and this will be a uh, quite a fun conference to see year in. I think it'll be uh, extremely competitive, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, we're we're you know uh, we're, we're raising the horn. Texas is back. Hopefully, we're saying Texas is back in you know week week twelve instead of week two for the most part. So yeah, we're uh, we're on the quinn train this year. Team, I forgot to talk about West Virginia. We're going to talk about the Mountaineers in that week one game against Penn State. That's one line that's moving against me. We might be, I might own that one and say, you know, if that creeps to 21, I think I'm going to rebet West Virginia. Even though I'm not a huge fan of West Virginia, I'm a huge fan of Penn State this year. That's a lot of points to lay in week one. Uh, so we'll be talking West Virginia as we do our weekly uh, shows starting up again August the 7th. For the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joey Kanish. For our producer extraordinaire, Zach Phillips. You have just watched Hit the Books. Make sure, guys, you are subscribed to the Hit the Books YouTube channel so you get notified in real time whenever a new episode drops and you're following us along on Twitter. That's the show. We'll talk to you next time.